Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. See if anybody, if, if um, any team other than Milwaukee, Boston, Phoenix, Denver, any anybody other than those four win a championship, would that be a surprise? Well, you said say them again: Milwaukee, Boston, Phoenix, Denver. Denver, yeah. Maybe the Warriors. I mean, you know. I mean, it would be kind of a subtle surprise. And I think for me, the surprise would be just because the fact is, is that it just clearly showed that they really didn't lock in for this regular season. And I think they coasted. And it just goes to show when you're at that level for some teams, it doesn't really matter what the regular season because they were they were atrocious on the on on the road. But, you know, you look at the sort of waning games of the season. And when they had to win road games, and granted, it was an elite talent, but, you know, it was never questioned, you know, their focus and their ability. And I mean, um, you know, I'd be very surprised because also, too, is how to integrate Andrew Wiggins back into the fold. You know, yeah, I thought that he would have had some time to at least uh, been on the court uh, in, in terms of trying to get back some of that rust and and, and get into sort of chemistry. But uh, I guess they're going to do it in the playoffs and, um, you know maybe see how it goes. So that would be kind of a subtle surprise. But other than that, no. Hendrick Perkins said the Lakers are going to the championship. It it sounds bizarre, but when you think about it, I I don't think any team in the league wants to play them. Right. I I, I think clearly, well, look, you know, when you look at the East, maybe, you know, I think Boston matches up very well with them. I don't know. For some reason, I just think that if they match up with the Clippers, the Clippers is going to give them a problem. And, you know, I think when you look at Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard can is perhaps one of the few guys that can Mm. really guard LeBron, but also, you know, withstand that sort of that that sort of impact and guarding him and playing him and and still continue as far as uh, finishing shots or really on him. So we're getting ready to go. Okay. In three, two, one. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Howard David Live. We get it going on a Tuesday with Gerald Brown from the Bottom Line Sports Show on Sirius XM NBA Radio. Uh, Let me take a bite of the Big Apple if I can, Gerald. Uh, The Knicks are an intriguing team to me because, first of all, it's what's it, a second playoff run in 20 years or in 10 years. And they haven't won a championship, uh, I mean, a series, rather, uh, since 2000. I mean, it's a, that's a long drought. But this squad, uh, and I don't know if we credit uh, the front office or credit Thibodeau, but uh, let me start with the first obvious question, and that is Julius Randle. Uh, what do you know about when he's coming back? Will he be there in time for the first round? 
Well, I mean, from what I've been hearing, it looks like, you know, he's going to try to give it a go. I mean, worst case scenario, if he's not there for the first game, maybe show up in the second and and definitely in the third game when they move the series back to New York. So uh, it's going to be really telling and to see exactly how he's going to be able to perform. But um, I think he has a lot of pressure somewhat on him because the fact of the matter is the last time they were in this position against Atlanta and he just really didn't get it done. Well, you can get it done because Trey Young had a field day. It became <laughs> the modern day Reggie Miller, you know, the most hated opponent coming into Madison Square Garden. Uh, here's a team that won 47 games. That's their most since they won 54 in 2013. I would think without fear of contradiction, Jalen Brunson might be the best free agent signing that organization has ever had. I, look, I've said the same thing. Great minds think alike, Howard. And, um, you know, when I look at what Jalen Brunson has done, I think a lot of things were riding on this. When you look at Leon Rose uh, and, and front office and Tom Thibodeau, this was one of those moves that, again, you know, the Knicks were really, really up in the air about. And a lot of people were still having questions. I mean, there were still talks of maybe they'll go after Damian Lillard and all this other stuff to try to get another point guard, whatever. But he has settled that all down. And arguably, without a doubt, he is the best free agent signing they've ever had, you know, and uh, that speaks volumes to a franchise that's been around for quite some time. But he has played uh, to the level and now. I think what we're anticipating is can he go to another level that will put him in that sort of superstar status. But by far, he definitely saved a lot of people's jobs mm -hmm. uh, with his play and performance uh, this year. Well, they play the Cleveland Cavaliers in the first round, and uh, they've had their way with Cleveland this year. They've beaten the three out of four. Um, but it, this is a made-for-television series. You got Donovan Mitchell, who the Knicks chased during the offseason. And maybe they didn't want to give up as much. Uh, maybe uh, Utah was holding their fingers to the fire. They didn't want to give them what they wanted and two to number one picks, whatever the, the whatever the the offer was. Here's Donovan Mitchell, the guy that they had a, that had, they were salivating over. He's now on the other bench, and he is uh, he's a full load. I mean, he's had a couple of fifty point games this year, and he can fill it up. Yeah, he can. And I mean, it, it might have been a blessing in disguise because for both organizations, I think Cleveland has finally been able to find a guy or if anything, the continued pieces to sort of move on from the LeBron James era. And then like we just mentioned about, you know, Jalen Brunson. But when you look at this matchup, you know, this is a situation where I think Donovan Mitchell has an opportunity to establish himself, kind of like Trey Young did a couple of years back when you play against the Knicks on that sort of uh, main stage. And he hasn't played that well in the previous playoffs with the Utah Jazz and no disrespect to them, but it's a big difference when you're playing against the Knicks in New York and Madison Square Garden. Uh, you know, you can sort of echo some of the stuff from Michael Jordan, LeBron, all those guys and stuff to really be on that center stage. Uh, and I think he's gonna really look forward to really trying to get off to a great, great start for this uh, Cavaliers team. Well, his uh, Mitchell averages over 28 a game. And then you got Darius Garland. Nobody talks about him, uh, but he, he averages almost 22 points a game. You've got to pay attention to him. Yeah, you you got to pay attention to him. And I think the biggest thing when you look at the franchise, Howard, they're a young team, you know, and I think you got to give Kobe Altman a lot of credit 
for getting Donovan Mitchell, not really for mortgaging the sort of uh, the future. You got Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. They're still a relatively young team. And then adding in Mitchell as well as Karis LeVert, I think that they're headed in the right direction. And this is a big step for them because keep in mind, they got off to a great start last year. And then after last year's All-Star break, they were besieged by the injuries that really took them into the play-in tournament. And I think at that point, it was kind of the bar was set kind of low for the expectations last season to say, hey, listen, we finally figured out we have a franchise player. We have a great team and we don't have LeBron James attached to it. So uh, this is a big, big test for this team. But I, I think that this is a team that maybe, if anything, or maybe another year or two away from really being a serious championship contending team. Well, it's, you know, we talked about Julius Randle. We talked about Jared Allen, but they've got a deep bench. Not Jared yes. Allen, Jalen Brunson. Mm-hmm. They've got a deep bench, and it's just gotten deeper over the course of the season. Yeah, they've, they've added pieces, and, you know, what they've been able to do, um, it's it's really been remarkable in terms of with the talent and stuff. And, I mean, look, in any other year, with the exception of maybe, you know, the job that uh, Mike Brown has done, and you could add Tom Thibodeau to that mix, you know, uh, J.B. Bickerstaff would really get some serious consideration and should – for coach of the year based upon what they were able to do from last year to this year and how they have evolved and stuff. A very, very deep, talented team. But uh, this is a big situation for both teams, for, uh, you know, unfamiliar territory with both teams in terms of these playoffs. And I, I would say in some regards, kind of evenly matched. You got Obi Toppin coming off the bench. You got Grimes. You got Emmanuel. You got Quickly. Uh, quickly is murder. I mean, you watch him play. He can make you, I mean, you're going to lose your jock somewhere guarding this guy (laughs) because he's got a lot of moves. He's played well. And uh, again, he's been phenomenal, especially especially coming off that bench. And, you know, it's kind of been that guy that they've been able to turn the corner from Derrick Rose to really sort of infuse this youth in that sort of backup uh, point guard position. And, you know, Grimes, Toppin, a lot of young players that I think when they're out there, they're able to play to their strengths as opposed to their weaknesses and really be guys that, again, can add to the mix as opposed to trying to go out there and carry the low. So, you know, I've been very, very impressed with this Knicks team and what they've been able to do in terms of adding. And let's give some credit to Tom Thibodeau because let's let's keep in mind, Howard, there was a point in time this year. And in fact, I was at the the game against the Detroit Pistons where there were so many rumors and rumblings that as the Knicks headed out for their first West Coast trip, Tom Thibodeau would not likely continue while out there as the Knicks head coach because of sort of, in a sense, the team had failed him and started quitting on him. But they were able to turn it around, and Tibbs has done a magnificent job, and uh, it's kudos all across the board for this franchise. Yeah, you got, uh, look, you got Hartenstein. Uh, you got Mitchell Robinson. Mitch Robinson's got no offensive game whatsoever, but he will, uh, the other, I think the last game of the regular season, he had seven blocked shots. Yeah. I mean, he's a force on the defensive end. Yeah, he, he's been playing well. And, I mean, they got a lot of pieces and stuff and just the way that they've been able to infuse these guys. And, look, I think it's going to be great, you know, but we all know that, you know, come playoff time, those lights get brighter and the stage gets bigger. And mm. it's going to be a question of these guys and both teams, really how will they sort of respond on that sort of uh, – that that sort of big stage but it's been a great season for both teams and like I said before with the Knicks a lot of the pieces that they brought in 
they played to their strengths as opposed to their weaknesses this year. And it's been a long, long time coming. Let's go across the river to Brooklyn, where the Nets, uh, it's been a tumultuous year. Yeah. And they had Kevin Durant, they had Kyrie Irving. Uh, that whole thing just blew up in their face. Uh, Durant's now in Phoenix. Kyrie Irving is in Dallas. Now, let me spend a second talking about that. Is Kyrie Irving in Dallas? When they got him to match up with Doncic, a lot of people thought they were contenders to go to the Western Finals. Well, the whole thing blew up. Uh, and I'm not going to blame Kyrie Irving. I, look, I'm not a big fan of the way he, he handles himself, but that's a story for another day. The fact of the matter is they tanked in their last game. And I'm just wondering what Adam Silver is going to do about it. Well, I think that's a very, very difficult situation. I mean, you might even say their last two games because, you know, first of all, they gave up, I think they only scored 14 points in their last game and gave up 52 points to San Antonio in their first quarter. Uh, there was, I think the first quarter, it was 52-14 or something like that, where they only scored 14 points against the Spurs and essentially shut down all those guys in a game that could help them get into the playoffs. And uh, their decision not to play their guys was really, really something that's concerning. And keep in mind, this is going to be something that the NBA and Adam Silver is going to really have to look at seriously, because this harkens back to the times of when Greg Popovich decided on national television against the Miami Heat in a, in a, in a play a re championship game rematch, decided to sit, you know, his guys and better yet, he, he didn't even have them show up in Miami. They went back to San Antonio. So this is a big concern. But I think at the end of the day, this team, Dallas, they had a lot of holes defensively and, and really Kyrie Irving didn't solve a lot of those things. Uh, they still had a lot of holes defensively. And I think the biggest thing is you're going to have to look at perhaps next year. Luka Doncic, you know, what will he evolve his game into? Because scoring is something he does tremendously. Hands down, he's an elite scorer. But is it helping this team get to the next level? Yes, they were in the Western Conference Finals last year. But I think that was just a product of the fact of how gritty and how well the New Orleans Pelicans played the Phoenix Suns and really wore them down that when the Mavericks got into that series, they were not the same. The Suns were not the same against the Mavericks. So uh, it's going to be a lot of questions this offseason, but I'm, I'm with you on that. It was not a good situation um, for the Mavericks to shut it down. But, um, you know, uh, that'll be, I think that'll be something they have to address moving forward. All right, let's, let's go a little rapid fire here. Uh, Kyrie Irving's a free agent. Mm -hmm. Does he stay with Dallas? What do you think? I think he does. I mean, you know, it, it, you know, Clearly, if he's looking for a long-term deal, this would be the best option for him. And I think Dallas is in a position that they gave up a boatload to get Kyrie Irving, mortgaged a lot of the uh, pieces that they had from a defensive standpoint, and to really now all of a sudden move on from him, especially the same situation with Kristaps Porzingis. I think you really tell your fan base that clearly we're possibly in a rebuild mode. And then I think this would add more fuel to the fire of possibly Luka Doncic after next season saying, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. Look to trade me. So I think he has to stay. And I think Dallas has to put a full court press on to keep him there. But uh, if he's looking for a, a, a long term deal, this would be the likelihood place. Keep in mind, he is a free agent and, and anybody can make an offer to him. All right, let's go. Cleveland Knicks series. I think it goes seven games. What do you think? I think it goes seven. I think it really does seven. And I think also injuries, but also the health of Julius Randle, how well he plays effectively will determine if the Knicks move on from this. If not, 
Uh, unfortunately, I think Cleveland might get them in six. Can the Nets make any kind of a series with Philadelphia? I give them maybe one game, two at the most. Uh, it harkens back to kind of those Kenny Atkinson teams where, look, they get in. And if they win a game or two, I consider that a win-win situation for the Brooklyn Nets. But Philly's on a mission. And if they basically want to keep, uh, you know, Doc Rivers' job, you got to get to at least the Eastern Conference Finals at least. All right. Tonight we've got the play-in starts with the Lakers in Minnesota. This is a formality. Uh, I mean, Rudy Gobert is suspended for the game. He won't play. And uh, who's Jackson, was it, that punched the wall? Jada McDaniel, yeah. I mean, McDaniel, yeah. That was a brilliant move, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, the unfortunate thing, that might cost, unfortunately, Chris Finn's job just based upon the whole situation. And I'll take it even a step further. I mean, you look at the way the Timberwolves have set up this offseason. I thought a guy that they would probably have to definitely move would be Carl Anthony Towns, simply because of the money that's tied up to his contract, Gorbea's contract, and then you got to sign, re-sign Anthony. And yet was their franchise player. But now with this whole situation, I wouldn't be surprised if management tries to move uh, Rudy Gobert and see if there's any takers out there. All right. Um, we got the Warriors and the Kings uh, coming up on Sunday. The Kings have had a phenomenal year. If Mike Brown's not coach of the year, you got to tell me who is. Exactly. I agree with you. I think he's done an unbelievable job. Ends a 16-year drought. Uh, but it's just kind of like the Nets with the Sacramento Kings. Look, if they're able to win two games in this series – I think that, you know what, they've had an excellent year, and that's where the bar should be for them. But, you know, if they do anything better, I would be clearly a surprise, but I look for Golden State to beat them in six. Clippers and Phoenix. Uh, I, I like Phoenix in this series because uh, Durant's murder in, in prime time. Yeah, I like, I, I like, you know, my heart says Phoenix. My heart says the Clippers, but my head is saying Phoenix. But I think the biggest thing is, number one, if Paul George is able to make an appearance in this series – Number two, mm. from a conditioning standpoint and chemistry standpoint for the Phoenix Suns, how's that going to work out with Booker and Kevin Durant and CP3? I give the Clippers a chance, Howard, but I would not be surprised if uh, Phoenix goes and moves on. But uh, I don't think it's going to be sort of a, a cakewalk for the Clippers. Most dangerous team going into this playoffs. Oof. I say what well, asterisks would be Milwaukee. And the only mm. asterisk is, is because of the fact of the matter is the health and this sort of reoccurring knee injury with Chris Middleton. And if Chris Middleton is there and he's able to be something close to 100%, I think they're the most dangerous because they've been there, they've done that. And I think Giannis is a guy that really the spotlight is not shining on him, but yet he goes about his business and he knows what this time of the year means for him as well as the Bucks. He's Gerald Brown of the Bottom Line Sports Show on Sirius XM. NBA Radio. Always good chatting with you. Appreciate your time, Gerald. Thanks. How I appreciate it too. Thanks again. He's Gerald Brown. We're going to get into talk to Kurt Hillen in a moment from NBC.com uh, and get his feeling on the entire league. I, I think it's, I've got to tell you, I think this is the most intriguing, uh, intriguing postseason that I remember uh, in the NBA for a lot of reasons. Look, we know that Milwaukee's a terrific team. Uh, and as we take a look at Kurt Helen from NBC.com. Hey, Kurt. You hear me, Kurt? You're not hearing me. Maybe you need to click something. I'm not sure what it is. We need your audio. You'll work it out, I'm sure. There you go. What do you think? I think that should be better. There you go. How are you, Kurt? 
I'm doing good. How are you doing, Howard? Can't complain. I was just talking to, to uh, uh, Gerald Brown from the Bottom Line Sports Show. We were talking primarily about uh, the Knicks and the Nets in the New York metropolitan area. The Knicks are an intriguing team uh, for the way they have evolved this year, winning 47 games, which is the most they've won since they won 54 in 2013. They have been a stranger to the playoffs. Now they're there. Uh, how do you, wh- where do you give the credit? Uh, I'm going to start out by saying the best free agent that organization ever signed is Jalen Brunson. Drew? Yeah, exactly. I think it, you've got to start the credit for them, honestly, with Leon Rose in the front office for that, for the moves. Like it starts with bringing in Jalen Brunson, paying what at the time was, remember Howard, there was kind of a reaction of, wow, they, they really overpaid him. Like they didn't have to go that high. Yeah, they did. And it's been worth every penny. He's been worth that and more. They, um, How much would Dallas love to have him back right now with, you know, Luka Doncic saying they missed him a lot. So it's, look, I, I it starts there and it starts with Brunson being a steadying force that allows RJ Barrett to play his style that gets um, Julius Randle the ball in, a, in positions that make him an all NBA level player. Like it's, it all starts with Brunson and kind of the moves the front office made to set them up. Yeah, there's no question. Uh, uh, I mean, Mark Cuban said he never had a chance to resign Jalen Brunson uh, for what I, I don't know if that's fact or fiction. Uh, but then again, Mark Cuban's got enough to deal with uh, with the Dallas Mavericks tanking a game, and the NBA hasn't come down on them yet. Yeah. Do you think they will? I'm really curious about that. First off. I, I think that's an insight into what Mark Cuban tells himself. Uh, they absolutely had the chance to re-sign him. He's saying, you know, in January, that offer wasn't really available. Well, right, because by that point, Brunson had played himself into the bigger contract, but you had six months before that, you could have given him $55 million and he probably would have signed it and you'd have this steal of a deal. So it's on them. Um, I... I on one hand, that was really naked, Howard. I mean, like what they did was kind of naked tanking. But if you're gonna, if you're going, if you're the league, where's that line? Because for two years in a row, Portland has pulled Willard at the end of the season and gone after draft picks. You've got, you know, going back to, is, are you cool with what Utah did, selling off all their talent and trying to rebuild, and then selling more off at the at the trade deadline? Where's that line? Because no, no question. There was a chance still for Dallas. They could have fought their way into the plan, and it was what the locker room wanted. But there's not the only management team that's chosen this path. So if you're going to punish them, what are you going to do with everyone else? You can't just kind of single these guys out. I'm curious what the league does. Yeah. It, the, the Cleveland's Knicks series is intriguing because here's Donovan Mitchell who the Knicks look like they were going to wrap up. And for whatever the reason, maybe Danny Ainge held out uh, for more from the Knicks in terms of more draft picks. I don't know. I wasn't in the room. But the fact is that this is uh, Donovan Mitchell's not hiding his excitement. He says, I'm looking forward to this series. Let's face it. Here's a guy. He was he had two 50-point games this year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't see him dropping 50 on the Knicks because they play pretty good defense. But – it's not just Mitchell. It's Garland. I mean, it's a Jalen. Uh, it's a it, it, it's a big guy in the middle with the great looking fro. Jared, yeah, Jared Allen. Allen. Yeah, I mean, it's they've got pieces that can give you a hard time. But 
I'm going to credit the Knicks for having a very deep bench that only got deeper over the course of the season with the addition of some players. Look, Mitchell Robinson can't score from three feet, but he makes sure that you don't. Uh, yeah. He blocks shy. He had seven blocks in his last game. And you got Hartenstein, who's uh, who's come out of nowhere, and and the quickly and a whole host of guys. But the key is is Randall. Is Randall going to be ready to go at the start of the series? Yeah, and and go at close to one hundred percent. They can they can't kind of tape it up and roll him out there and have be eighty percent because, like you said, at the end of the day, as much as we praise Brunson and I love what he and Randall have done this year, Donovan Mitchell's the best player in this in this series and they have to find a way to prevent him from like he's a guy with a playoff history too this is not some we, we keep talking about as i think basketball punditry like and it's true this cleveland team hasn't won as a group they have a young core right that hasn't done it together but donovan mitchell has big playoff games he has been on these big stages with utah and he's not going to be thrown off by the moment he is going to come out and be a big force of nature so I'm I think you're going to get uh I think you're going to get a big Donovan Mitchell series I he kind of wanted to be a Nick and for whatever reason that you want to argue that that didn't come together this is the kind of thing that the great players turn into motivation right even if it wasn't really there that's that's enough of a straw man for them to really go off if there is an intriguing team in this playoffs I mean, I'm going to put Milwaukee, Boston, maybe Philadelphia, Denver, Phoenix over here, and everybody else over here. But I think, and I heard Kendrick Perkins say this on ESPN, and I went, what? He said, the Lakers are going to the finals. And I said, okay, that sounds like a bizarre statement, but think about it for a second. Uh, You've got two superstars on that team. You've got a team that's gotten deeper than they were before. Uh, they should have no problem with mini with Minnesota, primarily because Gobert's not there, McDaniel's not there, uh, and, and McDaniel punching the wall. That was a brilliant move. <laughs> but I mean, I I don't even if they had Gobert, I still think that the Lakers were going to be the team that was going to win that that playing game. But I don't know if you're any team in this league that wants to play the Lakers. No, I don't think Memphis is going to be happy with that if that's uh, if that's what comes up. The Lakers, since the All-Star break, two things happened. A, Anthony Davis just got healthy and started playing like peak Anthony Davis, like the guy from the bubble that helped them win a title. And the trades they made around there, uh, Rui Hachimura, more importantly, Jared Vanderbilt, uh, who brings a defensive presence and size and a wing defender that they need. And D'Angelo Russell, was a he just wasn't a great fit in Minnesota because he creates, but he kind of creates for himself. Well, that's fine if he's the second or third creator. If he's, if LeBron's going to feed everybody, guys are going to get the ball. If you have that secondary guy who just creates for himself, you're going to be, it's going to work. And just the fit there is really good. They got bigger. Hachimura helps with that. They, they just are, look, since the all-star break, third best offense, third best defense in the league. They're very good. My only question with them, Howard honestly isn't can they win a series because I think they can absolutely beat Memphis especially no Stephen Adams no Brandon Clark they're just they don't their size got small they got small and that's going to be a tough matchup my question is can they can the Lakers I just don't think they have much margin for error I think they're a little bit fragile I'm not convinced they can string together three series in a row 
and make the finals. Like mm-hmm. it's one thing to win one. I think they can win any individual series. I'm not sure if they can string a string it together like they'll need to. But in this West Howard, wh- why not? Like mm-hmm. why not the Lakers compared to? I, we can do the same pick apart thing with any other team in that conference. I'm going to add one name, Austin Reeves. Yeah, he's been he, phenomenal. He has been. He, and he says, I want to stay here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> look, the guy, has he's gotten confident. Uh, he's now looking for his shot where in the past he wasn't. But now LeBron trusts him. And so he's going to get his share of balls from LeBron James. No doubt about it. Yeah. And I think he's going to get paid. Look, you know who, what haunts the Lakers is the ghost of Alex Caruso. Like letting Alex Caruso walk and him becoming a, a key to what's going on in, in you know Chicago, becoming this, this player, they don't want to see that again with a guy they picked up and, and trained. So I think, they, I think you'll see him – I think you'll see Austin Reeves make some real money this offseason. Uh, Chicago, Toronto in the play-in. What's your feeling? Sorry about that. Um, sorry about okay? that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that's going to be an interesting one. Chicago's played a lot better of late. I, I, I think we're all kind of if you if you look at the Bulls' as season as a whole, not that great. But as of late, since the All Star break. They've really turned the offense more over to uh, you've seen Zach Levine kind of step up and try to be the number one. They had a bunch of they had a bunch of good players, not great players, and there wasn't much of a pecking order. I think they kind of established one. I think Patrick Beverly coming in. Sometimes you just need that voice in the locker room, right? I don't Patrick Beverly isn't for everyone. He's not a great player necessarily. It fits, he didn't fit with the Lakers. But they didn't really need his locker room voice. They've got LeBron James. He is a fit in Chicago where they just needed somebody to come in and snap at guys and hold guys accountable and be the voice that be that voice. He he did it in Minnesota, particularly did it with the Clippers when they kind of turned things around after the 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 end of the the Lob City era. This is a good spot for him as a leader, and that's really helped them kind of find a groove. I that's gonna be a really interesting game. He's Kurt Helen from NBC.com. If there's a scratch-your-head game in this play, in this play-in, it's Miami and Atlanta. I, yes. I don't know what's happened to these two teams because I expected both of them to be better. Yeah, well, they both expected to be a lot better, didn't they? They, they neither. I don't think either of them expected to be in the play-in. I kind of expected it out of Atlanta. I thought that uh, I wasn't sold. I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see pretty some pretty serious roster upheaval over the summer. They, you know, they've already look the GM's out the door. The coaches was out the door and Quinn Snyder's in who has some player control now has some say on that end. Well, those are the signs of trades coming. Um, and, and honestly, I think we reported this, but Kevin O'Connor with the ringer was first. Everybody from Trey young on down is available now. Like there's nothing off the table. And if nothing's off the table, that's a sign that they realize they're not in a great spot. They're in trouble in this game because Miami's just had their number for, I mean, mm. they, remember played in the playoffs last year, five, one, right? Like it wasn't even that close. They, uh, or I mean, four, one wasn't even that close a series. Now it's, and now it's, now it's, uh, uh they were three and one during the regular season. Trey young struggles against the kind of blitzing defense that Miami throws at him. He doesn't handle it. Well, 
maybe with one game, maybe they get it to DeJounte Murray, somebody goes off, but it has not been a good matchup for, uh, it's not been a good matchup at all for the Hawks. And I, I don't see any reason that doesn't continue, especially since playoff Jimmy Butler is going to show up. Yeah, no question. If you walked into the Miami Heat locker room, and they always have a blackboard right there, and you saw, you know, here are the keys. One, two, three, four. Right at the top, we take away Trey Young, period. And, yeah. and Spolster is such a good defensive coach, uh, you can bank on that. Yeah, and in the past, that's been the way you stop them. And I think that they thought that bringing in DeJounte Murray would change that. It really hasn't this year, but it needs to for this game. And we'll see if Quinn Snyder can get them. I was about to say get them. Let's be honest. It's get Trey Young to buy into this and not be the guy who dominates the ball. And he needs to be Steph Curry in the sense that Curry is great at using his gravity, using his draw, pull the defenders out, move the ball, let Draymond, let Clay, let, you know, Jordan Poole, whoever else, trust the other guys to make plays because the defense has got to come to you. Trey's not always good at that. Trey likes the ball in his hands. And he's if he's willing to give it up and move on, and, and there's, let's put it this way, statistically, if there's a big DeJounte Murray game, that's a good sign for Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, Kurt, uh, no play-in team has ever won a series. Uh, that, 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 when I saw that, I went, really? But yeah. it make it makes a little sense, you know. I mean, let, you know, it's not like an, it's an outlandish statement, but it's true. The thing I bank on is at this time of the year, the team that's hot, uh, I, I like to, a lot. And the Lakers have won nine of the last eleven games at the <laughs> end of the regular season, so you got to give them some respect. I look generally the NBA, you know, to its credit or detriment, and I, you know, I think it's one of the things that sometimes can hurt the playoffs is the chalk wins. The best team wins out in the NBA. And, and and that just hurts in the sense that what we like is what we loved about the NCAA tournament. We like drama. We like teams being in jeopardy. We like to see the risk and best teams win in the NBA. And so if you, yeah, we like the plan, but you're still the seven or eight seed going against the one in the East. Like as much as everybody kind of fears Miami a little bit, Boston's better, right? Like Milwaukee's better. They should win that series. This year in the West is different. Like nobody fears Denver. Nobody, nobody really fears Memphis, and they're banged up without their two their two best bigs. This is the year I think you could see some real upsets. Uh, I think the I think the West has the potential to, well, frankly, Howard looked like my NCAA bracket, which was yeah. which was pretty bad. <laughs> uh, look, when, when Kevin Durant went to Phoenix, I said this this might be the piece. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a team yeah. you better pay attention to. You got Booker, you got now you got Durant. Uh, I, I think Phoenix is legit. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them at least in the Western Finals, yep. if not in the NBA Finals. I'm probably picking them to reach the NBA Finals. I've got to make that decision over the next couple of days. I think Denver's capable. I think, look, I, like I said, I think I can make the case for the Lakers. I can make the case for about five or six teams. And, and maybe everybody, I'm just not sold on Sacramento and their defense, but I'm, I'm, I can make the case for just about anybody in the West. Push comes to shove, and I don't know who I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the best player. And the best player in the West, the best postseason player going is Kevin Durant. And so I, I'm going to trust that he and Devin Booker can score enough against whatever defense you throw at them, and they'll get enough stops uh, with Monty Williams coaching that that will be good. I don't think they can beat. Look, I think that like you, we've been saying for a while, the three best teams, maybe four. I'm not. I'm not 
I would debate where Cleveland would fall in the West, but if the Cleveland were in the West, they'd be in that mix of, yeah, they could, they could come out of it way, way more than I think they can in the East in the West though. I think, I think Philly coming, I mean, Philly, um, I think Phoenix coming out is a, like legitimately could happen. Yeah. He's Kurt Helen of NBC.com. Clay, uh, Clay Thompson made an interesting statement. He said, we can beat any team. Yeah. You know what? He's probably right. Let's yeah. face it. They know how to play championship basketball. Uh, can, can they go get past the Kings? I think so. Uh, but you got to give Sacramento credit and Mike Brown credit. He's coach of the year for my money. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's face it. They've had a magical year for a franchise that's been at the bottom of the heat for, a, what, 20 years? So now they're in the postseason. Good for them. Uh, but this is a good this is a good series for the Warriors to kind of get tuned up for what comes down the road. And when when this team last made the playoffs, it was the Brad Miller era still in <laughs> in, in in Sacramento. I, I think it's going to be fun. That by the way, that place is going to be rocking. That is a that is, it's a fantastic arena, maybe the best arena in the NBA. And it's going to be it's new, it's loud, and it's going to be loud in there. It'll be fun. Um, and all that said, I think. What, what, and you saw it in the finals last year, what they bring is, what the Warriors bring is not only a mind, like a lot of talent, obviously, but a mindset that just executes. They just, they execute at a very high level throughout the playoffs and they don't get thrown off. Hey, this isn't working. All right, we can do this. Like they don't get thrown off easily. They don't get shaken or rattled. They're really comfortable. And I think ultimately, that's the advantage they have over Sacramento is as the Warriors try to as as the Warriors adjust and the Kings adjust, I think the Warriors have more adjustments and just an ability to execute those at a higher level than I trust Sacramento to. But I think that's still I still think it's gonna be a fun series. And mm-hmm. Golden State's got to win on the road, Howard. They gotta go into Sacramento and win one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know what I remember? I'm sure you go back this far when they used to play at the Arco Arena in oh, yeah. Sacramento. Well, I was, Boy, I do not miss that building. Yeah. But what do you remember? Like when we were sitting courtside broadcasting games, they had those short chairs because they didn't want you to block the people sitting behind them. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that or not. Yeah, I do. That's, it was, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll go back as far as when Bill Russell was the head coach and Willis Reed was his assistant. Jeez. <laughs> those were the days. That's a, that's that's uh, that uh, that's that. That's an organization that has been through a lot and some down ownership. I'm I'm just happy that has been a loyal fan base that that is, you know, look, it's it's the big game in town. They got some triple A baseball. I mean, it's a king's town and it's been look, people were giving up season tickets because after 16 years, like how long are you gonna wait? So this is I I hope they enjoy the moment. Yeah, I I'm gonna take another page from my scrapbook. Uh there was a time when Jeff Petrie was the general manager of the organization. And he brought his college coach into assist, a guy by the name of Pete Carrill, the great yes. Princeton coach. Uh, I have nothing but fond memories of Pete because I started my career broadcasting Princeton football and basketball when Pete was was a coach there. When he passed away, uh, it, it was I really felt it because I loved the man. I thought he was the smartest individual I'd ever been around. He could sit around, Kurt, on Sunday with the New York Times crossword puzzle do it in ink in an hour. Jeez. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> he was brilliant. Uh, yeah. When it comes to the Warriors, 
you got to give them championship respect because they've earned that. Yeah. Um, and, and you're right. And you look at the East. Is Milwaukee the best in the East? I think you got to give it to them. Uh, is Boston number two? Philly number three? I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, I, I think Philadelphia has is, is going to win the series with the Nets. But I think yeah. the Nets can get a game or two. The Nets are just kind of hard to play against because everybody's kind of good. You're not – this isn't a cut-off-the-head-of-the-snake situation because it can be Mikhail Bridges who's been a kind of a revelation with the ball in his hands, right? Like, you didn't really get that in Phoenix with Chris Paul and Devin Booker there. He didn't have shot creation responsibilities. He's been fantastic, but they've – beyond him, they, they've got Spencer Dimwitty. they got – Joe Harris is still there. He could shoot. Like, they've got guys who can make yep. plays and put up points – Cam, Cam Johnson, like all these guys they got, they got a lot of just nice players. And that that becomes harder to defend because there just aren't a lot of weaknesses necessarily on the floor. There's not strengths. They don't have Kevin Durant anymore, obviously. But, I mean, they don't have a true top 15, 20 kind of all-NBA player that you fear. They also don't have a lot of weak spots. And that, I think, can win them a game just because they're going or two. I, I Philadelphia will win the series. They don't really have... Brooklyn's not a great interior defensive team, and and Joel Embiid is Joel Embiid. Like they, he's going to have a big series, but I I think I think the Nets can steal one. I think it's going or two. They, they they're not they're just not going to be easy to play against. Yeah, they're a great three point shooting team. Uh, yeah, you got to look at uh, at Seth Curry too. Added to that mix. Of oh three yeah, point, yeah, Seth Curry, three yeah. point arsenal. You know, uh, but then uh, you you look at at this Nets team, and if there's a key to the – it's keep Joel Embiid off the foul line. I mean, he yeah. can shoot 15 free throws in any game. Uh, he is very good at drawing fouls and using his strength to kind of get there, and he's just become part of – I mean, that that's part of his strength, but he's just become a guy now that's so difficult to defend because he can get the ball 15, 18 feet out, face up and shoot it, put the ball on the floor and drive by you, finished with either hand, bully you inside. He's just got such an arsenal of plays right now. That, that, look, 33 points a game and the leading scorer in the league and for the second straight year. But he's just offensively so difficult to stop right now. There's just not – you can't take everything away from him. Yeah, well, Nick Claxton is probably going to get the job of defending him, but he's yeah. going to need help. Yes. I, I love Nick Claxton, who I think is was in consideration for all defense kind of guy. But he's not physically; he's not strong enough to hold right. off him, and he's he's going to need help. Yeah. So we haven't talked about Milwaukee, and and have I said, well, what chance do you give Milwaukee to get to no less than the Eastern Finals? Is there a very good chance? Yeah. Uh, who are they going to play? Philadelphia, Boston? I mean, we don't, we don't really know. But Giannis, talk about a guy that you have a hard time keeping off the foul line. It's Giannis. Yeah, and and they've been. So much better. If Chris Middleton can stay healthy for them, that, that just changes yeah. everything for them. And it lets it lets Giannis get back to doing what he playing to his strengths. He had to he had to adjust his game a lot this year because Middleton missed so much time. Holiday missed time. Like all these guys missing time led to Giannis having to kind of step out of his role and do other things. Now he's he's back, right? And he, he's back to being who he is, and they've looked better. Over that stretch, and they, look, they still play elite defense for Mike Budenholzer, who is still one of the better coaches in the league. Like this is, this is as good a team. I think I'm picking Boston, but I'm that's a bet on 
Robert Williams staying healthy and a lot of things kind of clicking for Boston. Yeah. Uh, Milwaukee's right there. And, and they, they absolutely could well, make the finals. And honestly, I think whoever comes out of the East probably wins it. I, I just, like I've said before, I think the top of the East is just better than anybody out West. Maybe, maybe somebody will surprise me, but I'm, I think it's, I, I think Milwaukee has a, a legitimate chance to, to go all the way. Yeah, no, I would agree. Uh, you mentioned Drew Holiday. Little by little, I'm becoming a big fan of his. I, I just like the way he plays. He's fearless. Uh, he plays both ends of the court. I think, uh, and I think Giannis trusts him. Uh, I just think yeah. he's made he's made a big addition to this team. Defensively, he's critical, right? Like he's the he, he's such a great on ball defender for guards and and smaller wings, but also what he brings offensively. He's not just he can set. Hey, all right, Giannis has got it going today, or whoever's got it going, you know, Pat Connaughton's got it going. He's good at finding guys and setting guys up, but he can go get you 20, 25. If, he, if it's a matchup that favors him, he'll still go get you points. He's just a great all-around player right now, an all-NBA level all-around player right now. All right, I'm going to throw two things at you. Milwaukee's the best team in the NBA as we speak today. <coughs> and, oh, you okay? All right, yeah, I'm all right. Sorry and about that. I'm going to say that the Lakers are the team that nobody wants to play. I, I would agree with you on the Lakers, especially out West. I just, in an, in a conference where the, everybody fears everybody at the bottom and not the top, it's just, it's LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You, you, if those two are clicking, they've won a title together and that's got to scare, scare you. Um, I still think it's Boston. I still think Boston's hot. Let's put it this way. I think Milwaukee's steadier. I think Boston's highs are higher than Milwaukee's highs or you know I think the the very best of Boston and we've seen it against the Bucks a couple times but the very best of Boston is the best team in the NBA but they just don't I know the Bucks are going to be their best version of themselves I don't know that I don't know that about the health of the Celtics I also Joe Mazzulla is not tested on this stage and mm. it doesn't mean he's doesn't mean he can't do it but he hasn't done it. And so that that question remains there till I see him do it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm a little reluctant. I think, look, uh, Brown and Tatum, a tremendous duo, no question about it. Maybe the best duo in the league. But this, you know, Robert Williams, my old broadcast partner, Cedric Maxwell, when he first saw Robert Williams, he said, this guy's going to be great for us. And I, and I can't dispute it now. Uh, I think it's going to be a very intriguing Starting tonight with the play-in games, yep. we'll see how it all shakes out. Here's the one thing that's for sure. We can't predict, you know, this is a nope. lot. This is going to happen because there's nope. too many unknown variables. No, I, it's funny. I was just writing that up this morning. I'm going to be in, in the crypt in Los Angeles tonight for uh, Lakers Timberwolves. And the temptation, like we talked about earlier, like, oh, that's a banged up. You know, not banged up. Well, banged up because they're punching things. It's a shorthanded Minnesota team. The Lakers should win this. And still, man, like in this year with these teams, you're like, but there's still a chance. There's still, you just never quite know. In one game, you never know. Well, you know what the big thing is? We've seen it. LeBron James is one step away from hurting his ankle. Anthony oh, yeah. Davis is one step away from doing something to himself. So, you know, failing that, health is a big issue to everybody in the league, particularly to the Lakers. Just because there's a history, right? Like yep. we just don't know because we know there's 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 a history of them missing out. The other thing to watch, I think, in this game, 
and it, it might not be good news for the Lakers. Does, does D'Angelo Russell decide to make this the D'Angelo Russell revenge game and take over? <laughs> because if he does, you're, and take don't take the ball out of LeBron and Anthony Davis's hands, man. Like, don't. So it'll be interesting. Hopefully, for the Lakers, he plays within himself and picks his spots. They'll, you know, uh, just winning should be enough, but we'll see. No, enjoy the game tonight, Kurt. Thanks again for your insight. Really appreciate it. And you stay safe. I will. Take care, Howard. Good seeing you, man. Same here. He's Kurt Helen of NBC.com. Uh, really knowledgeable writer for uh, for the NBA. I, I wish I was, you know, I'm 3,000 miles away from L.A., but I wish I was there to see the Lakers play Minnesota. I, I don't expect it to be a game because Minnesota is so uh, shorthanded, and particularly with their best player. But having said all of that, I like the way this Laker team is put together right now. I think they're, they're deeper than they've been. Uh, and I think the key to their team, it's not LeBron. It's not Anthony Davis. I know what to expect from them. It's Austin Reeves. I like this kid a lot. And he's going to get paid after this season. We'll see. One final note about the Dallas Mavericks. I, I, I'm a big fan of Mark Cuban's. You got to respect his intelligence, uh, his success, and what he has been away from sports and ownership and so on. The, the, the money that he has made. Uh, you got to give him nothing but credit. Uh, you can't go out and tell people that you had no chance to sign Jalen Brunson because that may or may not be true. Uh, you're covering yourself when you do that. Uh, getting Kyrie Irving on the surface, you'd say, well, I got two superstars. Yeah, but one of them you can't trust. And it's not Luka. Kyrie Irving's a free agent when the season's over. Mavericks say they want to keep him. I wouldn't be so hot. I would I would hold that decision. Because first of all, I say that you don't trust Kyrie. You don't. For all you know, he can go out the, the day after they're eliminated. Or the day he can go out and, and go free agency, he could sign with any number of teams. And then you're left holding a bag. He's done it to teams before. He was a problem in Cleveland. He was a problem in Boston. And he's a problem in Brooklyn. Now here he is in Dallas. He could become the biggest enemy since J.R. Ewing, if your reference goes back that far. I'm Howard David. Thanks for being a part of Howard David Live. You stay safe. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.